Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Men Thrive. Really excited to be here with you today. Listen, at the time that we are releasing this episode, we are literally in election day. And so when this comes out, we are likely still not to know who our president is, um, but we are still in a place where we will be counting votes. So if you're wondering why I'm not talking about uh, <laughs> where we are with the election, it's because it's Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. And we do not know what the hell our results are yet. And as a result of not knowing what our results are yet, um, I'm not going to go a whole lot into that. However, it's Wednesday. And so it's a new episode of Men Thrive. And as always, politics or no politics, we're talking about brothers that are doing amazing things in amazing ways, um, choosing to thrive over just surviving. And this week is no different. It is a pleasure and a privilege to introduce to some. Uh, I've been watching this brother for a little while. I met him through the network at Afrotech, and he is a part of just this this clique of just dope ass brothers uh, who are much my junior doing incredible things in business that are beyond anything I've may not imagined, but what I've been able to do and I'm inspired by them. And so I wanted one of those brothers to come on. Uh, my brother Dave Salvant is the founder and CEO of Squire Technologies. For those of you that don't know what it is, it is a company that is creating unbelievable levels of business solutions for brothers and sisters who own barbershops. And they are taking HR and operations and other kind of uh, activities and not only powering them through technology, but ensuring that they're leveling up uh, the business side of the barbershop industry in a way that is blowing the hell up. And so he has raised a ton of money. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about that. But he's an entrepreneur. He's a visionary. Um, he's just a dope ass brother. He's a father. And so I'm excited to have him on to talk not only about what he's doing, but who he is. Brothers and sisters, give it up to my man, Dave Salvant. Man, listen, I, I am like so often as an old head and, and I consider myself an old head at 47, probably because most of the people that I'm around are 10 to 15 years younger than me, if not 20 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of my exer friends, you know, they mute, they, they wax poetic about how much they hate millennials um, and how much millennials don't want to work for nothing and they're entitled and all this other shit. Mm -hmm. And, and I will say like Dave, in, in, in real transparency, there's more brothers that are millennials that I like hanging out with than Xers. Um, and, and, and listen, all millennials aren't the same, just like all Xers aren't yeah. the same, but, mm -hmm. but there's this, this cohort of brothers who I've met over the last five to seven years mm -hmm. who are entrepreneurs, who are visionary in their own right, who work hard as hell, mm -hmm. who don't, they don't even conceive boxes. Mm -hmm. And, and literally the reason I wanted you on the show, man, cause you're part of that group. And I've, I've just, I've been inspired watching you move. Um, I've been encouraged about the future of black men by watching how y'all move together. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, to, to start the conversation, one, just celebrating you because this road 
you've been on for the last decade, man, has been crazy. Mm-hmm. But but more than that, I'm I'm just curious, bro, because I don't remember the last time I've seen you in a bad mood. And so first, what encourages you? I mean, I think I think the biggest thing that encourages me is kind of like hope for a better tomorrow. You know, I, I think that, you know, having hope, having the 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 wherewithal to see that tomorrow's gonna be better keeps me going no matter what. Yeah, I think, you know, why be in a bad mood? Stuff doesn't go your way, shit doesn't go your way sometimes, but you can't be you can't you can't like harbor in those in those in those feelings. I feel like you gotta be a Monday morning quarterback. You gotta say, hey, that was last week. Uh that was yesterday. Now what's 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 uh what's in front of me? When you dwell on things and stuff like that, you know, it just doesn't have any benefit. You 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 realize what you did, your mistakes, you learn from it, but then you move on. And when the next situation comes, you know, where you're presenting with a problem, you take those learnings from your prior experiences and you hopefully make a better decision. But to, mm-hmm. to be gloomy about something, to dwell, to harbor those feelings, it just doesn't make make much sense. So let me ask you this. Did you when when were you sure that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I mean, I always, you know, I always wanted to be, you know, kind of like great, you know, like in my in my high school yearbook, I said, you know, mark my words, I'll be great. That's like your yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so I think I think it was also always a uh way of thinking. But, you know, probably around like twenty fifteen, um, when, you know, I was working in corporate America making decent money and you know I looked over and saw my mom just tired and and, and beat down from you know working you know two jobs and stuff and I was like you know this is not going to pay for retirement she has no retirement savings Mm -hmm. nothing she put all her retirement all her money in, in the in the in her children so you know at least I have to take a chance to like you know provide some meaningful, you know, life for her when she gets older, because I knew she wasn't going to be able to support herself past a certain age. Uh, and, and I just took that bet. And, and also, you know, this concept of, of legacy and this concept of like helping others and inspiring others to do better and try and, and, and try to achieve is also something that has been in the back of my head. So in addition to providing generational wealth, you know, so I think it was a combination of, of those three things uh, all at once. And, and the fastest way to, to create wealth, I, I thought was through technology. And, um, you know, that's when I decided to, 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 to go ahead, but it was tough for a couple of years, you know, it was very tough, but. Let, let me ask you this because I, I, I hear probably like you do, young guys and not so young guys alike talking about they want to be an entrepreneur. And most of the time I hear cats say that it means they just don't want to work for somebody else. Um, when did you have clarity about what being an entrepreneur meant? 
versus. I mean, entrepreneurship is is something, but the biggest entrepreneur, like the definition of entrepreneur, is to provide value to the community you serve. You know, that is the textbook definition of that. It's 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 it provide value to your community. If you're not providing value to your community, um, I don't think you'll be a successful entrepreneur. I just don't because I think. Uh, and that community could be anything you community could be yeah. a, a, a you know a, a group of bodegas. Uh, you know it, that community could be you know barbershops. That community could be you know anything. But you have to provide value to that community, and then you people will want to buy your services, and you know you become end up being successful. Um, I don't think working for someone is bad. It's a bad thing, you know. Um, I think that it teaches you skills that you need to do. And I think everybody cannot be an entrepreneur. If you everybody was an entrepreneur, then who would be working for the entrepreneur? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So so and and a lot of folks a lot of folks don't want to work for anyone, but they aren't disciplined enough not to work for for somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. they're not gonna get up every day at eight o'clock in the morning. They're not gonna and, and actually put the work in, you know, to to get this thing successful. They're gonna wake up at eleven o'clock. They're gonna go take a nap at two o'clock. And mm-hmm. it's just when nobody's watching, that's when the discipline and all that um, kind of like rears its head, you know. So so I would say go for it, but just make sure if you want to be this, make sure you're in it for the right reasons, not to work with somebody else. Just to, it's, it's, it's a couple of things you need to be focused on to provide value to the community is one that you serve to, you know, be disciplined about it and, you know, to 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 make sure you're doing something that you love. You know, we'll, think- we'll talk about that, man, because because listen, <clears throat> you you um, squire in, in a lot of ways is what people think when they think about the the industries that that black folks typically go into mm-hmm. um, in a service perspective, a lot of beauty, a mm-hmm. lot of hair, barbershop, mm-hmm. but, but you clearly wanted to solve a different kind of problem. And so when you, when, when you initially started thinking about Squire in particular, what were you actually trying to solve for versus what you're actually solving for? Yeah, so what, when we started, you know, uh, we, we were solving for, you know, my pain point, you know, our pain point. Um, you know, since I was a little kid, they used to have to go to barbershop. I used to, you know, call or text my barber, you know, send them to barbershop and wait. You're next. Who's next? You know, <laughs> and bring cat. You know, I think those three things were fundamentally broken in society you know i think i think you know with uber and open table and all these other services why is this so antiquated why is this so you know not up to not speed and you know also you know like me being a black man and my co-founder being a black man you know we realized that this is not just a black thing everybody gets haircuts everybody gets haircuts it doesn't matter if you, 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 you're white, black, you know, Asian, Hispanic, everyone gets haircuts. So it's, this is not just a black problem. So let's not just solve for our, 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 my problem as a black man, but let's solve for men in general. 
Like what can we build, what products and tools we can build to make their life easier. So that was one of the first things that we, we looked at. But, you know, when we really got into the weeds, really got into the weeds and started, you know, trying to build, we realized the problem wasn't really the consumer side. The problem was on the business side. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem was the software they were using, if they were using any, was antiquated. They were, you know, tying together five, five different softwares, softwares to do one job. They had five different logins for things and stuff like that and stuff that we can, you know, solve through, through technology. So we end up doing it. So uh, I'm curious, man, because listen, there, there are a whole lot of young brothers right now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in the early stage of the grind on, on what they want to solve for. Mm-hmm. They're in the midst of it. Um, but, but, I don't care where they are. There just aren't a lot of our businesses, especially those to your earlier point mm-hmm. around who you want to serve that are serving some ways, like on a granular level, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your business is about serving folks that are at the base level of our community. Yeah. And, and those aren't always businesses that are able to, raise 46.2 million in venture funding. It's actually over a hundred million now, but. <laughs> so just to make sure that I'm clear, it's yeah. Yeah. O- o- over a hundred in venture money. Yeah. 105 million. And, and if I'm mistaken, you, is that, is that total on your series B? I know we, we did a series C, uh, in about three weeks, uh, four weeks ago. It's not public yet, but by the okay. time it airs, it's probably public. All right. Well, I'm, 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 I was about to say, man, I tried to do my research, bro. I'm like, I didn't yeah. see Series C. I yeah. mean, and, that, and that's huge. I, for those of you that don't understand venture money, yeah. um, and for those of you that don't understand Silicon Valley or that entire ecosystem of, of venture dollars around it, very seldom do black businesses get to a Series C at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they do, unfortunately, uh, they're not talking about 105 million, uh, in, in funds. And, and, and in many cases, they're not, they're not even projecting on any kind of exit. Mm-hmm. So th- this is phenomenal brother on, on so many levels, mm-hmm. but, but it did, it didn't just happen. Yeah. So when, when you, I, I'm curious about at what stage in development were you at, where you said. I want to do venture mm-hmm. versus bootstrapping or any other way of raising the kind of capital to yeah. expand. I mean, I mean, yeah, that, that that's a great question. So, so when you, when you think about a business, you think about, is it a venture back to the business? Is this company going to, you know, you know, get to the scale that it needs to provide the exit it needs to return capital to your investors and make you, you know, wealthy. Yeah. And because the way the venture model works is, you know, you spend a lot up front, you lose a lot of money, but as you're buying market share, uh, as long as your unit economics and your other financial model is, is right. At some point you're going to dominate the market. At some point, this business, once you reach the scale, it's going to be very, very profitable. So that's why 
they do that. And that's why they gave, you know, us over a hundred million dollars and a hundred million dollars because they believe the venture guys believe that, you know, once we acquire the, you know, 10, 15% of the market, this company is going to be over a billion dollar company, you know, and, and we believe that. Um, and, and, and that's kind of like the next steps, but to answer your question more pointedly, I mean, I mean, you're not gonna, if you, if you start a, uh, if you're starting a company that, you know, is dealing something in a, with a traditional small market, or you're starting like a, a corner store or you're starting like a bakery, those are not eventual bashable difference the businesses because you know, the return is not there. I'm not going to give you a hundred million dollars. I'm not going to give you $10 million because you're not going to sell it for 300, $400, 500000000 million. It's, it's a mathematical uh, proposition. So, so I would say bootstrap, you know, the small businesses um, and, and make sure your businesses make money. Uh, make sure they're, they're somewhat profitable. And then when you, when you're somewhat profitable, then you can kind of like determine which way you want to go. But when you think about that, right, when you think about what's venturable, like it in in and and that can be an incredibly complex litmus, but but in a in a simple Cliff's notes version, what are the things in your mind that that say, okay, if, if you're not talking about these three things, and, and you and you mentioned some of them just a second ago, but but what are those three things that say to you this is a this is a business where you can be thinking about venture capital. I would say consumer consumer products in general are very difficult. I mean, I would say if you are a consumer play, it's extremely difficult. I would say the better businesses sell the other businesses. Yep. The best businesses. So I, I would start like, what's a business? that sells another business that I can do that I'm uniquely positioned to understand. And I think that's how you become the venture back businesses because businesses have to buy product. You just have to, they got budget and they have to allocate. So I would say, you know, I know it's cool to, you know, create like Instagram, uh, <laughs> TikTok, whatever the case may be, but those are really, really difficult to do because they rely on a lot of network effects. And if you, don't have the right, you know, and the response of a fickle ass market. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So well, I, and, and, and I, for, the, and like for those brothers that have been studying business at all, you know that the companies you really are excited about are really non sexy B2B companies. They're like Zoom. <laughs> Zoom, look at this fucking Zoom. Zoom is like the, we're on Zoom, but it's not sex video chat, you know? Like no, it's video chat. Who wants? Who, to who was the Who was the first millionaire you met, and what did they do? Millionaire, oh, let me think. Millionaire, I met. Hmm. As As you're thinking about that, first millionaire I ever met was a 25 year old kid who got a ten thousand dollar loan from his daddy to start a pallet company. Mm-hmm. And this dude sold wood pallets. <laughs> Yeah, that's not sexy. And four, and, and four years in was at fifty five million in revenue a year. That's because cool. he because he had got contracts with hotels. He had got contracts with UPS. He had got contracts with mm-hmm. with with some other shipping companies who needed pallets. 
and he 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 centered himself in a city that had a port and was on and was on uh, one of the the highway routes. So there were multiple companies doing crazy logistics and shipping. And he was like, let me do pallets. And it blew my mind, bro. I I, I couldn't even understand what the hell he was talking about initially. Um, One, I just, at that stage in my life, I didn't really understand business. But two, I didn't understand B2B. Mm -hmm. And for him to say, nah, Jeff, I I just make pallets, dog. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's real. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, the first millionaire. I probably met some finance dudes that were millionaires. You know, <laughs> like, like you know, because you, you know, they were just making a lot of money. Right. But I mean, that that to me didn't. Really, yeah, they they weren't actually making that money. Yeah, they didn't pay the salary. Yeah. Uh, based on performance. Right. But no, so no, I I I appreciate you saying that, man. So so when for, for those that that don't know Squire and so you know there's there's I, I think when you when you talk about barbershops cats can't see beyond the shop yeah. and so when when you think about the actual technology that you're providing mm-hmm. um, to these local businesses uh, to connect what does that really mean um, beyond you know trade secret like what what does that really mean for what you provide and as a result where the value is. I mean, yeah. So, you know, you think of a barbershop and I want I wanna I wanna, I wanna, you know, preface that with 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 like like don't think about it like your local corner barbershop. Think about it like an enterprise. Uh, you know, some barbershops are run very well, others are very uh, run very poorly. And unfortunately the most of the ones that are run poorly are in communities of color. You know, they do booth rent, you know, they do all that stuff, which is not a high scale uh, of business, you know. Uh, the best barbershops work on a commission model, uh, just like how doctor's offices would, would, would run, just like dentist offices or accounting practices. Uh, and and the, the partners on the, on, in the, in like accounting practices would, would be the barbers, right? So they have to give a certain portion back to the house and they uh, make the delta between the, what they have to give the house and what the customers are charged. Um, so, so those businesses, we provide a suite of product. We do the payroll. We do the online booking. We do the point of sale. We do the CRM, uh, customer relationship management. We do all the, 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 all what is critical for that business to survive. Uh, before Squire, you know. Uh, so, you, so you all are ultimately like COOs, yeah, yeah of, exactly. of these of these barbershops barber yeah. from from top to bottom. Correct. So before, you know, for instance, a owner would spend you know four to five hours a week doing payroll for all his barbers. Now it's automatic. Now he doesn't yeah. work, now, and that's four hours he can't cut. Yeah, that's four hours he can't cut. That's four hours. That he's not with his family. That's four hours mm-hmm. missing soccer games on Saturday. That's four hours spending time with his wife. You know, so so and so, and, and then nine times out of ten, four hours that you're doing something that you don't do very well. Exactly, and you fuck up. So 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 stuff like that is meaningful, and it adds immediate value to to your owner because you can't mess it up. And then it's like. You know the 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 integration with Google that we have. So you know somebody I don't know if you 
you saw this, but there was a commercial, Google ran a commercial, which was like, find my barbershop. And, you know, it's been running like the Super Bowl and ran during a couple of, couple of, you know, commercials and ran, ran through the NBA playoffs. Um, but that's actually a Squire barbershop. So Google, mm. we had a partnership with Google where we integrate directly in there. So if somebody says, find find barbershop near me, um, you know, they can book it directly through Google. It goes through our technology and, you know, it happens. So, so stuff like that is really good value because now it's a demand gen type of uh, product where we actually sending business to uh, the, 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 the owners and in lifeblood of, of, of small businesses, new business, new customers and keeping your existing customers. So we also build a retention tool. So yeah. to, to, to monitor, you know, what, what customers haven't been there in a while, what, what, what customers are in danger of, 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 of going away. So, so all those tools allow the business owner to be more proactive and, and, and maintaining his business and maintaining uh, the revenue derived from that. So I want to talk about you a bit, Dave, like, you, you know, that, <laughs> I think that I think that there are multiple pathways to to almost everything that we do. And I know that a lot of us uh, as as in, in certain generations of our community have been sold that there's this yellow brick road to success, which is you know, graduate from college, graduate from high school to get you a GED, then go to college, get an MBA or create some sick ass, never heard of before business um, that you start from a garage, um, you recognize that there is no single yellow brick road to success. I mean, I right? mean one thing is, one thing is, is, and I don't, I'm not successful, maybe people think I'm successful, but you know, I think I'm just getting started and it's a long road. But one thing is like, I know, is there's no elevated to success. You gotta take the stairs. You got to take the stairs, you know. Tell me what. Tell me what you mean by that, though. I mean, I, I think that people, are, success is is glorified on social media, but you know, people don't see the work that people put in. You know, it takes a long time. Like I've been at this five years, five, mm-hmm. no, six years almost, twenty fifteen, and 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 you know. But there was there be some people right now to say that's an elevator like a motherfucker when you went from five years. And 105 million dollars, and so I think I think because I mean, yeah. here no, but but Dave, check right because but if you built the elevator, yeah, you deserve to ride that motherfucker. Yeah, so so so. But I mean, I mean, a lot of, like what well, I said, I said yes, you know that to some that's you know a big number, you know, and it's, it's capital raised, and I, I think capital raised does not mean. You nope. know, it means it doesn't mean the business is going to, you know, succeed. No, nope. it means that people have believed in you enough and convinced people based on what you've done so far to give you more money to allow you to build more. Yeah, um, and 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 within the history of Silicon Valley, one hundred five yeah. million ain't shit. Yeah. So, well, so, well, so, well, so, well, 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 there's a lot. No, but but you but you understand what I'm saying, right? From from a th- th- there are there are businesses that are less successful than yours. Yeah, that have come out the gate with more investors. Yeah, as a result yeah. of who they are, where they come from, who they know, and, and like, and like, and like, it's tough. And like, we never wanted to. This is the first time on well, this year. This is the first time we had real money, you know, because like 
at the end of the day, we didn't, we didn't trust these. And I still don't trust these investors. You know, I still don't trust these guys because, like, I think, like, we have to build a good business. Um, yeah. I think the business has to be economically sound. It, it has to work. The numbers have to ducktail back to the numbers. And, and, and like, we don't have that luxury, unfortunately, of, of having, you know, access to capital. So maybe, maybe now it's kind of like loosening up my thinking, but early on it was just like, fuck, you know, we just got to build some shit that's good, you know, and, and who knows? Cause you don't know when you're going to turn left, make a wrong turn and the business not make money and then who you got to get money from, you know? And that was always a fear in the back of my head. So, I mean, so let me ask you this, right? Because, you know, listen, you, you went to school, you, you did finance work, um, you did the corporate piece, you did your MBA, um, but, but what's that? Half. Well, you, you, you went to yeah, yeah. get your MBA, yeah. right? You, mm-hmm. you, um, but, but I'm curious, would you be where you were right now were it not for Y Combinator? And and I'm just curious about like there there's some stuff that a lot of us don't grow up seeing um, by way of what it means to be an entrepreneur and and some of these accelerators and incubators just do an incredible job of giving you information and creating additional fuel that you wouldn't have had otherwise and I'm just curious. No, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have. to ask you a question. No, you know I think especially like Y Combinator is like a validator. You know, just like uh, like Yale or Harvard is a validator. Mm-hmm. I don't think the people that are in the program are, are smarter than others. I just think, you know, once you come out, you have a logo and the logo allows you to uh, to raise money and people invest in the logo. So it's, it's the it's the McKinsey of uh, of accelerators. Exactly. Exactly. So people just want to be associated with this. Oh, you got the YC. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, the points of brands and the, and, the, and, the, and brand equity is really, really important. Like, we're becoming a logo. Like, if you work at Squire and go on to work somewhere else, it's, it's going to be like working, you know, at Airbnb or Uber or, or something like that. And and we're cognizant of, of that. And I think to, to answer your question, no, we would not be here without Y Combinator. They helped us on our, on our Y Combinator. We went to the Series A program. We went through a fellowship program. So we started the fellowship program, which it doesn't, doesn't exist no more, which was a $20,000 grant. And then we went to the, seri- the, the Y Combinator Core, and then we did the Y Combinator Series A program. And we've just been you know, attached to the Y Combinator brand. And uh, now we're probably going to be you know, one of the top Y Combinator com- companies ever. Uh, wow. you know, and, and, and probably like one of two black ones. You know, we're probably the most successful black company out of Y Combinator so far. Wow. So, so, so talk to me a little bit about that, Rat, because, because a lot of times I think we, we find honor in doing shit on our own. Um, so no mentors, even if it's cash willing to mentor us, you know, no sponsors, even if it's cash willing to sponsor us, because we think I got to be self-made. I got to do this on my own. And, and so what has been for you, like the, the incredible value proposition of, being surrounded by folks that can teach you, guide you, and and shit, maybe I'm maybe I'm making assumptions that mm-hmm. that you actually had that, but but yeah. what has that meant for you? What has that meant for you, Dave? And then what has that meant for Squire, the business? 
Yeah, I said, I said that 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 that's that's loser talk, and not having mentors, not having like people to you know guide you, uh, and that's just those people fail. You know, they just fail. Every successful person I know has had somebody to say, "Hey, watch out for that pitfall." I did it. I I fell in there. You shouldn't go go about this way, and that's just common sense. Uh, if someone has done it before. Why not take their advice? You know, their advice not be not might be wouldn't it's probably not spot on on everything, mm-hmm. but at least you have that perspective. Uh, at least you have that insight of like what this person has done has led him to be successful. Let me just take care. There's no glory in doing it by yourself. It's supposed to get easier. That's what people don't understand. It's supposed to get easier every single time. Um, you know, if somebody took this, if, if, if I took up six months to figure out a problem and you have a similar business and I can say, Hey, I took six months, but eventually I tried X, Y, and Z. I see you trying X, Y, and Z, just try Z and, and move on. Mm-hmm. And that, that saves you six months of time, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think your biggest, your biggest kind of the biggest thing you have to worry about in all this is time. Time is the most valuable resource. And mm-hmm. people understand that. And, and the, the only thing time, you can't create and the only thing you can't get back. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. Tomorrow's not promised. So, so I think people just need to be cognizant of their time and mentors and advisors and these people help you expedite, you know, decisions and help you, you know, which is time preservation. Mm-hmm. So w- one of the things that I've been most inspired by um, and really, really was a, the, a value proposition to Afrotech for me because mm-hmm. um, I didn't know a lot of the circle of, of brothers who I met before Afrotech. Mm-hmm. And whether I think about cats in my generation um, who, who so often created competitors against cats they weren't really competing against uh, in the name of some kind of egomaniacal trip to being head nigga. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they're haters in your generation, so don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that y'all are hater-proof. What I am saying is that when I saw cats like you and Fred and Deshaun and, 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 other, and Rodney, um, like really create almost a fraternity of sorts mm-hmm. um, where y'all want each other to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, when one person does a raise, even if the other person is in a rough spot, everybody is celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it translates from the outside looking in from not only business support, but yo, like these, my motherfuckers right here. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm, how did that happen? Was was that an organic process where y'all was partying? It was like, yo, I fuck with you, or was it was it was it an intentional process that said, listen, if if you win, I win, and this is how we make that happen? Um, I'm I'm super curious because I think it's such a model. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's a couple of things. Number one, you know, you know, there's also you know that the crabman. Crabs in the barrel mentality is just not a good one. Uh, I, I think um, the only folks with you know 
the only folks with like wealth before this and 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 and, and creating job and opportunity with people in entertainment business mm. you know and i think that well yes that, and no right because it was just the cats that were doing it on the business side didn't mm-hmm. get no ink yeah exactly so if you, if you think about reginald f lewis reginald f lewis negotiated the first billion dollar deal yeah but his folks in baltimore where i'm from who don't know who the hell reginald f lewis is yeah, i know who reginald lewis is i know you do yeah but, but 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 and those guys those guys you know those guys the reginald lewis is the you know ken chanel's yeah the 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 philip philip um charles phillips and and so on and so forth. Um, they stick together. The Renee Renee Jones uh, yep. from M&T Bank. They all it's, they all rob the Robert Smiths. It's like a big consortium of them, and they also always stick together. And they you know have to because when you're a, a super minority, you have to speak as one. And you have to look out for each other. You have to give each other deals. You have but to, you don't have to. You don't you don't you, but you should. And and, 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 and and the people who understand and want to build a collective black uplifting, they understand that this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they might on they might do it unintentionally or intentionally, but the end result is the same. So back to your point about like Rodney, Fred, Deshaun, Travis, Delane, you know, I, I think, you know, we just are in the same places. There's not that many. There's not that many of us who raise serious institutional money. Mm-hmm. There's just not, you know, that are also cool, you know, like that also, you know, go out and have a good time. So naturally, I think we were connected to each other. Naturally, you know, we, we, we were, you know, going to have those conversations anyway. And, and when it's around, you know, business, if you have an idea, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, or, uh, you know, you're going out to, you know, have a drink with the fellas. It's the same thing. Cause we see eye to eye and it's like, you, you've been through it and you know, the stress and you know, the aggravation sometimes, and you, you, you've been through it. So I think it's a mutual respect, but also a mutual admiration. It's probably also therapy because, exactly. because these are cats when you say three things that the average person is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. These guys know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. So listen, you, you've been going super hard um, in building this and you then decided that it was a good idea to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you're building family, Mm-hmm. But no matter what, your first kid is still Squire. Yeah. How did that work, man? Like, man, I mean, I mean, my my son is 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 everything. It just shifts your perspective on, on life, you know. Like, like for a long time, it's like how much money you can make. And I think once you once you get a have a child, uh, that changes. You know, it's like for me, it's like what your legacy will be. You know, how do you, how do you raise this, this man to, um, to view the world in, in a way that he, he's generous and in a way that he's, you know, thought provoking as in a way that he's humble and like, you know, because 
you know, I think he's going to have, a, I hope he's going to have a decent amount of wealth, but I just want him to remain like humble and, and I want him to remain, you know, true to what he would. I don't want one of these, these annoying little kids, you know, a little annoying <laughs> young men that just, you know, come from money and just, just, you know, are assholes, you know? So how do you raise them in, in that way? Um, and I, I think it's, a, it's, it's really a blessing. It was a little, it's a blessing for me. Uh, you know, to, to, to have a, have a child. And, you know, I, I think it was at the right time, right, right time, you know, in my life. And, you know, I'm happy. How, how has it affected you as a CEO? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, it hasn't really affected me, um, that, that, that much. Um, I think, you know, you just prioritize your, your, you prioritize, you know, your time with the company and you prioritize your time with your family. But do you, but, but I'm guessing that you have, there are moments of conflict now that you didn't have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but, 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 you know, like, you know, um, the moments of conflict, you just have to manage through it. <laughs> no, yeah. but I'm, but I'm just saying there, there were times where there wasn't no question. I'm going to keep working. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. I mean, and, 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 we, and we then there's systems. you set up systems. Um, I think, I think, I think the key to anything in life and business and family is infrastructure <laughs> and distribution. That's infrastructure distribution. <laughs> that's how, that's how you win. You know, if your infrastructure is right and your distribution is right, you're going to be successful. Now it goes from drugs to, to Burger King. That goes for, for Squire. Infrastructure and and distribution. And I think, you know, personally, you know, I think I got a good infrastructure. Um, you know, I got systems in place. You know, I got, I got you know, I got, you know, the nannies on deck. So, you know, I, I'll figure it out, you know. And, you know, uh, I have my son 50% of the time. So, when I'm having, when I'm ha- when I have them, you know, it's, it's infrastructure distribution. <laughs> what, what's your favorite part of being a dad right now? I think, I think, I think my favorite part of being a dad is the quality time, you know, just, just watching the moments, just watching the moments as he grows, as he becomes more intelligent, as he, you know, learns new things, as he gets excited when he gets new, new learns new things. Just watching those very small moments, just just it just becomes you just have so much pride, you know. Um, this morning when I took him to school, um, he he you know took him to daycare. He normally cries when he leaves. Today he didn't cry. He just walked up the stairs and he just the teacher greeted him and he just looked back and waved and went in. And that to me was was so 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 exciting and oh no nah, man listen for, for those of y'all that don't have kids that that is a grammy and oscar a tony and a bt award yeah. uh because 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 it it because little man is 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 having a love you, you're watching him have confidence yeah exactly what what's the what is the what's the one thing right now you see in him uh where you see you that you think is funny it's hard. It's hard. I think. I think he's. I don't know. His personality. So again, he's, he's a little yep. shyer than I am. You know. I, I think I was a little rambunctious, a uh, little boy, as my mom w- would say. But he's he's getting more confident. You know. He's getting more confident. He he likes to observe. He likes to observe before 
he, you know, makes a move. I, I see that. But uh, I mean, I just, I, I, I just dive in and ask questions <laughs> later. So, 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 so maybe, uh, maybe I'll, I'll continue to watch, you know, but I think we have different personalities, but we'll see. He's only 19 months. Man, you, you, you talked about infrastructure and process, and I, I really want to get your take on with all of the rebellion and protest that's gone on all over the country and this conversation around equity uh, and what that means. And, and you and I have both watched a bunch of companies um, make huge proclamations that don't really mean shit. Mm-hmm. As, as, as you think about what people should be asking for, how we should be maneuvering, um, and, and what's meaningful to, to build shit that's substantial. Like what for you in this moment from a business perspective, like I'm, I'm, I'm clear about social justice, but, but there's a business money component to this. Mm-hmm. Like what for you is the thing you wish you would see cats asking for. And if you were in the room oh, man, I mean, would I, say, yo, if, if we're not delivering on this, mm-hmm. then I don't want to hear nothing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think. And this is gonna, you know, I'm gonna be honest and say this, but I think folks of color focus on the wrong things. I think the first, the first step to, 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 so you can talk your shit, is becoming financially independent. Like because I think you cannot talk shit if if your hand is out. Then you just can't. You just can't. You can you can make some noise. But you cannot, if you're not willing to walk away, then you, mm-hmm. if you're not willing to walk away, then you have no leverage. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to walk away from the situation and say, fuck you, I don't need you, then you can really demand things. But a lot of folks don't do that because they behold it because I get a check every two weeks. I, I, I'm the, I, have a, I have to pay my mortgage and I have to do that. And I, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I understand you got a bill, so I understand bills happen. But you know, I think the first step is building up your security, because once you have your security, you know, whether a year, two, whatever, um, then you can really talk shit. And I think you know, if you look at the wealth gap in America, you know, it's just it's just dismal when African Americans, you know, at the corporate level, probably make the same amount as white American at the corporate level, because you cannot, you know, and they just have so much less wealth, you know, because they spend their money on designer clothes. They, 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 they buy cars that they can't afford, you know, like it's just, it's just the number one black people buy the most Mercedes in America. Why? That doesn't make mm-hmm. any goddamn sense to me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the average millionaire and billionaire that's white has a damn Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a Ford, but you know, different sorts of folks. <laughs> but 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 I waited. I waited. Uh, but but uh, but I think I think that people need to be independent, financially independent. And I think the conversation that needs to be had is like, what are you doing in order to build wealth in the community? What are you doing to 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 build wealth in your cohort of, you know, employees that are African-American? Are you starting lending programs? Mm. Are you, are you getting preferred rates? 
are you? It's good to like invest in the, in the community, but normally that doesn't get to the people who need it most. And normally uh, that has an impact that it, that doesn't have. That, well, and then, and there's a fundamental difference between investment and philanthropy. And mm-hmm. most of this shit is philanthropy and charity mm-hmm. that's not rooted in, um, that's not rooted in any kind of return. You can still do good mm-hmm. and make money. And, yeah, and I think the yeah. biggest problem of what I'm seeing is so much of it is just about glorified philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about investment or partnership. So, so, it, so it's all, so even the people giving it aren't giving it through a lens of value. They're giving it through a lens yeah. of obligatory, mm-hmm. um, either beneficent uh, mm-hmm. overseer status mm-hmm. or, let me let me sprinkle some shit on you to make me feel better about what I'm not doing mm-hmm. uh, to, yeah. to make those things real. And I, I think I also believe, you know, the biggest thing, you know, is, is, is investment in mentorship. I don't think everybody is ready to become Oscar. I don't believe that. I think I think people people don't have the experience. You know, I, I just look at, you know, our instance, if somebody gave us 105 million, million, you know, four or five years ago, we would have stopped squandering the shit. You know, we would have failed because mm-hmm. we didn't know how to deal with it at that time. And, you know, it's just some effect we're learning as we go, but we're more cognizant of everything. And, 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 you know, we're not, we're not wet behind the ears, you know, we're kind of a little seasoned now, but, but I think, it has to go along with mentorship and, you know, there needs to be, you know, some guide to it because like people who have never had money before who get money and, and say, I'm going to do this end up not doing it because they don't have the infrastructure to, to, to set it up. I mean, the, the, the series of lottery winners are the best example. I mean, what was it like 90% of lottery winners that win the mega millions are broke within five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and and to your point, knowledge. If you don't, if you don't know what, if you don't know how to fucking manage twenty five thousand, mm-hmm. you're not gonna know how to manage twenty five million. Um, man, I, I hear all you you know you you you've been you're in conversations all the time where you hear brothers arguing about who the who the top five uh, NBA players are, who the top five MCs are. I want to know who who in your mind are the top three entrepreneurs whether we know their names or not, but, but mm-hmm. folks who you have been like, yo, these motherfuckers have done this shit right. Take uh Rich Lou Dennis is one of them. <laughs> the great entrepreneur. Uh, probably uh, Peter Shavakowitz. Uh, um, uh, he's a CEO of Wish. Wish mm. is a friend of mine. Um, and I'm just thinking about people who I know personally. Yeah. And, um, probably Deshaun. I think Deshaun has done a great job with Maven. I think he's done a great job with Maven. Um, and, you know, he continues to do well. I mean, and when you think about the thread, like the what what's if you think about one thing that all three of those brothers have, like what is that thing that for you, especially where you are right now, has been like yo that that skill or that gift or that 
thing is what I want to master in my own business uh, to take me where I want to go. It's just being relentless. Mm. See, I'd be relentless. That's a, that's a common theme of all entrepreneurs, I think. It's just not giving up and being relentless and pursuing it and just pursuing it to the end. I think a lot of people give up before they're about to pop off. Like the dawn is always darkest. The dark, the night is always darkest before the dawn. And I think a lot of people just give up. They will just go a little further, They'll just take their next step or just grind from for another month. They they would just make it. Tell tell me tell me tell me the story about that for you. Where where was that moment where it'd have been real easy for you to be like, all right, it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, it almost happened like in in, in, in twenty fifteen, uh, you know, June. You know, we were working out for six months, both my co founder and I, and we didn't have any money and we were sick and like, you know, I got evicted and I had to move back home and it's just like fuck. Shit just kept on just hitting, you just kept hitting by a brick wall, you know. Being evicted is not not, not a good not a good feeling. And like fuck, do I continue doing this shit or I just get a get a job or go back to school or whatever the case may be? And and then we just said, you know, we just gotta bite down and just go another couple of months to see what happens. And the next month we got three hundred thousand dollars, you know, and that actually allowed us to go to the next stage, you know. And then build more product, and then we got five hundred thousand dollars, and then we got a, then we got into YC, and then we raised a couple two million dollars, build some more product, and then we got into forty three North, and then and and then and then it's just been a roller coaster. It's not a roller coaster, but it's been in like a like dominoes, and and that type of and now I believe that it's gonna work out because I've been through the dog shit. I've been a wallow in the mud. And when you have those kind of like battle wounds or battle, battle, you're, you're tested. And when you're tested, you know, I think nothing can stop you. We're going to stop right there, bro. Man, I, 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 um, I know how busy you are. I don't know what the hell the notification on your phone is, but like if y'all have been listening, like every 30 seconds, this nigga's phone is going off. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, man, I, I know you're busy. I know you're running like crazy. And so I, I just, I appreciate your time, man. I value it. Um, I'm thankful that you came through to share with the Men Thrive audience. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fan of yours, brother, just for not just who you are as an entrepreneur, man, but how you show up in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, when nobody's watching, you're the same guy. Um, and I, 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 Dave, I really appreciate that, man. So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. All right, man. Take care. Peace. Man, my brother Dave, thank you so much for coming through. That was fantastic. Um, I appreciate it. And and we're excited about continuing to check out Squire um, and your growth and and wish you the most success. You all listen. um, One of the entrepreneurs that Dave talked about admiring was a brother by the name of Deshaun Amira. And Deshaun is the uh, CEO, founder of Maven, incredible freaking company um, that I recommend you check out. Um, it just changed so much 
uh, in the uh, hair care space. I'm, I, I can't even really go into it. But what I wanted to do because um, because because Dave lifted him up is I want us to go out on a, a comment of his. Listen, I also like to, to elevate other podcasts. And so uh, the family over at Dreams in Drive had a conversation with uh, Deshaun. I hope that you all will go to their podcast and listen to the whole thing. This was simply an introduction uh, that framed, I think, why both Dave and I uh, think he's so dope. Sometimes you have to ready, fire, aim instead of ready, aim, fire. Just jump. Just start shooting. You cannot allow people to be around you who are not pushing you forward. Your dream cannot afford to have anybody pulling it backwards, even if it's somebody that you love or loves you. I love to hustle. And then the combination of those two things, if I find a game that if I play it well, I can win big and my community can benefit, there's just no better game. So what kind of game are y'all willing to play? The game that only benefits you, the game that only benefits the community, the game that benefits both? I believe you can. And I think that's what Dave represents. That what Deshaun represents. That's what so many young entrepreneurs are saying that, look, I watched so many people in the past give everything to get nothing. And then I watched so many people try to gain everything for themselves, saying they were going to give later and never got to give back. Man, as we watch the results of this election come through, we got to recognize it's not Biden or Trump that is going to save black people any more than it was, even as he served Obama, that was going to save black people. Black people are going to save black people. And we do that by building our own, by serving our own, by using those resources to impact politics and other things. But recognizing if we aren't doing it inside in a way that is excellent and masterful for us, then the impact we have isn't going to be excellent and masterful. Y'all listen, thanks for coming through. Uh, Mo, thank you. Madison, thank you. Men Thrive Team, thank you. For those of y'all that listen, thank you. Let me know what you think. Hit us at men underscore thrive on IG. Go to menthrive.com and listen to our meditations um, and just be a part of our community. We appreciate you so much. Y'all love each other. Make sure you love yourself. Peace. Yo, thanks for listening to Men Thrive. Did you like us? If you like us, visit your go-to podcast provider and check out other episodes. You can also go deeper by joining our community at menthrive.com. 